Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. We're continuing our series this weekend entitled 40 Days. And the title of today's message is Anything Can Grow in 40 Days. And if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4. And you can put a marker in Revelation chapter 20 if you want to. We'll we'll get there later in the message. But we're going to answer four questions related to growth. One of my favorite parables that, that Jesus tells in Scripture is in Mark 4. Most call it the parable of the sower. I call it the parable of the four soils because really the the point of the story is about the soil. And one of the things I love, Jesus starts off the parable in Mark chapter 4 and he says, listen, a farmer sowed some seed. That's how he starts it off. And I love that Jesus compares his word. Now, you're going to see this. The seed Jesus talks about in Mark chapter 4 is God's word. And I love that Jesus compares God's word to a law of nature which is unchangeable. It's interesting to me that Jesus doesn't compare the word of God to a system created by man. And think about why. Because you can cheat or manipulate a system of man that man creates, but you cannot cheat a law of nature which is unchangeable. And this is the law of nature Jesus talks about sowing and reaping. You can't cheat it. You cannot cheat this law of nature. Think about it a couple of systems of man that you and I could cheat the legal system which was created by man. You can cheat that, right? Anybody ever gotten out of a ticket before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten out of several. Some of the ladies are like, yep, cry and it works every time. Mm-hmm. Way to go you. You cheated the system. Have you ever seen a, a guilty person go free? That's a way to cheat the legal system created by man. How about the educational system? That's a system many of us learned how to cheat. And if you're in school right now, don't listen to what we're talking about right now. How do you cheat the educational system? E- easy. When a student passes a grade or a class but doesn't learn the required material. Jesus does not use a a man-made system to talk about the parable of the soils. He compares the word of God to a law of nature that is unchangeable. Now, as we talk about growth today, because the goal over the next 40 days of your life is going to be intentional growth, all right? And we're going to ask and answer four different questions about growth, all right? Here's question number one. What grows better than anything? What grows better than anything? You probably have already figured out the answer. God's word. There's a lot of confusion about seeds and sowing. Some people think that seeds are things like money and time. I would say those are segments of the field, The way I see it is like this. The field is the entirety of your life. And inside this field of your life are many different segments. So you have the segment of your marriage. If you're married, you have the segment in your field of of 
parenting, if you have children, you have the spiritual, you have all these different segments of your field, but there are only two types of seed, earthly seed and heavenly seed. And there is no seed in all of the earth which eternally competes with the seed of God's word. Let me read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. No matter what part of the field of your life we're talking about, nothing grows better in it than God's word grows in it. This is how, as believers, we should see the various parts of the field of our life. Any seed that is heavenly connected to God's word causes incredible growth in every area of my life. Far better growth than any earthly seed ever could. What are earthly seeds? Things like greed. That, that's in my, my field of my finances. That's an earthly seed that never produces near as much fruit as the seed of God's word, doing my finances God's way. Here's question number two. How long does growth take? And here's the answer before I even read the scripture. A really long time. Growth takes an excruciatingly long time. Now, this next one-liner is going to be excruciatingly painful for some of you. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Patience is an essential ingredient to every dish God cooks. Don't, don't you kind of want to slap him a little bit because of that? I don't mean to be irreverent, but many of us don't like the fact that everything God produces in us takes patience to walk out. Why? Because patience is an essential ingredient to every dish God cooks. I'll show it to you. James 5, verse 7. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. If you expect growth to be immediate, and remember it's not, but if you expect it to be immediate, you will grow weary, you will lose heart, and you will miss out on the harvest. Why? Because you'll quit. If you expect growth to be immediate, the odds are you will quit before you see the harvest that came with God's process. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, let's illustrate this. Okay? This is the perfect illustration of uh, not growing weary in doing good during this quarantine season. Let's talk about your marriage for those of you who are married. Let's say you're in lockdown, the whole family is at the house, you're with your spouse all day, every day, and your spouse has started to drive you insane, okay? I mean, they are, you, they, you're just done in your heart. You're like, I can't handle you 
anymore, okay? Let's just pretend that were your reality right now. Now, I want you to think about this. If, if you're thinking about your spouse going, yeah, that's totally my spouse. My spouse is a total pain in the behind. I just want to remind you, chances are your spouse is looking at you thinking the exact same thing, okay? So just remember that before we walk out this illustration. But let's just say the two of you are having some really uh, good conversations, if you know what I'm talking about, that lead to some growth. And one of you is telling the other, hey, I think you need to work on this. And the other is saying, I think you need to work on this. And if you think growth is immediate, here's what you think. You think the second you tell your spouse they need to change and grow, that they will immediately do so. And when you think growth is immediate, you will end up giving up on those who don't grow fast enough. Let me say it like this. If you're convinced that growth comes quickly, you will quit on anybody you feel isn't growing fast enough. But you need to cut the people in your life some slack and remind yourself their growth takes time. You also need to cut yourself some slack and remind yourself, hey, growth takes time. You don't graduate a grade in a day. You don't learn an entire language in an hour. Growth takes time. That's how God's process works. Here's question number three. Where does growth happen? And we're going to take some time on this one because we're going to talk about the four different types of soil. So if you're in Mark chapter four, let's read together because growth, all growth happens in soil. And Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 4 about the four different types of soil. Now, before we read it, I just want to remind you, what is the soil? The soil represents our hearts, okay? Our soil is our heart. Now, let's read it together, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 3. Jesus says, listen. He says it strongly. He's bringing attention to this. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, or hard soil. And the birds came and ate it. Now, jump down to verse 15. Jesus explains this parable and will connect the explanation to each part of the parable. Mark 4, verse 15. The seed that fell on the footpath, Jesus says, represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Here's Soil type number one, the hard heart. The hard heart. Now, what does the hard heart represent in this parable that Jesus is telling us? An unbeliever, the heart of an unbeliever. Someone who does not yet believe Jesus is the Son of God, sent to the earth to live a perfect life that we couldn't live, to die on a cross in our place, to conquer death on our behalf, so that we might live forever with him. A hard heart is someone who does not yet believe that truth. Now, I'm going to ask this question related to our 40-day journeys about each type of soil. How is a hard heart most likely to respond to one of our 40-day journeys? Well, that answer is probably pretty obvious. They're most likely not going to do a 40-day journey, right? 
Because an unbeliever isn't looking for this kind of journey or process. And so a hard heart isn't looking for this kind of seed. Let's keep going in Mark chapter 4. The next type of soil or heart is the shallow heart. Mark chapter 4 verse 5. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have any deep roots, it died. Okay, before we read the explanation, let me just kind of paint a clear picture of what type of person embodies the shallow soil, the shallow heart. This is what I would call the over-emotional believer. Okay? This may be a little bit tough for some of us, and I was guilty of this in one season of my life back in the day. So I'm not judging anybody. You're going to see what Jesus, how he describes this person. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write this one-liner down. Shallow growth, this is for all of us as believers in Jesus. Shallow growth is the result of a spiritual experience that is emotionally exhilarating, but intellectually rootless. Let's skip down to Mark 4, verse 16. Jesus says, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, emotion. Okay, Joy isn't bad, but they immediately get all fired up about what they just heard. Verse 17, But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now think about this for a minute. I'm not saying that getting excited in worship or about God's word is bad. Of course not. But what I'm saying is, if your emotion doesn't lead to fruit production, it's rootless. And when it's rootless, it will always be fruitless. Now, how does the shallow heart respond to our 40-day journey? Well, I would kind of paint their picture like this. They're overdramatically excited about it in the beginning. Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. This is, oh, this is incredible. My church is awesome. This is unbelievable. And they're like that for the first week. But here's what happens in the life of a shallow-soiled person. They never make it to week two. They're the loudest and the most passionate in week one. But they never make it to week two of a 40-day journey. Why? Because their soil is shallow. And there's not, there are things getting in the way of the root system, the deep root system that God desires every believer to have in their lives. Let's move to the third type of soil. I call this the crowded heart. The crowded heart. Look back at Mark chapter 4 verse 7. Jesus says, other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Okay, now let me read verse 18 and 19 uh, real quick and then I'll, I'll give this list to you so you can kind of see what Jesus says are the most common thorn bushes that squeeze out the nutrients 
in the life of a crowded heart, a crowded hearted believer. I don't even know if that's good English, but you don't understand what I'm saying. Mark chapter 4, verse 18. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Now, let me give you this list, and I hope you're taking notes and writing this down because this is for all of us. Every believer can be guilty of having a crowded heart from time to time. We let outside distractions and competing plants into our soil and they starve out the nutrients God is trying to give us for the heavenly or godly fruit production. Here are the three big areas of competing plants in the soil of every believer. Worldly cares, desire for riches, and a lust for things. These are the three big areas Jesus calls out that most often are found in the crowded soil of our hearts. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this one-liner down. Material values are like weeds which choke the seeds of everything spiritually valuable. Material values are like weeds. They choke out all of the good seed that God's word is trying to produce in our lives. It steals all of the nutrients for the spiritually valuable things. We're all guilty of this. And it could be anything. It could be the way we use social media. Social media isn't inherently bad. But if when you get on social media, the bulk of your time is spent checking out what others are doing and what they have, so much so that you begin comparing to them Social media has gone too far in your life. And I promise you, it is choking out some spiritually valuable stuff in your life. Hear me. I am not saying social media is of the devil. It's not. It's not. It can be used for good. It can do some good things in your life if you keep it in its proper place. But it can also turn into a thorn bush that starves out those seeds that are spiritually valuable in your life. Growth will always be stunted when a person has the belief of the narrow road, but the behavior of the broad road. This is one of the easiest ways to tell if you or I are struggling with a crowded heart. We have the belief of the narrow road, but the behavior of the broad road. We can talk a good game, but we don't walk a good game, a godly game. Okay, Growth is always stunted when a person has the belief of the narrow, but the behavior of the broad. Now, how does the crowded heart respond to one of our 40-day journeys? Well, they probably finish the 40-day journey. Because remember, a crowded heart is the equivalent of the fig tree that didn't produce fruit. So there's an element of spiritual maturity. But Jesus is implying there should be more fruit. The soil is healthy enough to produce fruit, but it's not. Okay, So a a, a crowded heart probably finishes a 40-day journey. But here's the problem. They don't get anything out of it. There is no lasting fruit produced as a result of their taking a 40-day journey. 
because there are too many distractions and too many things pulling apart any of the nutrients that God is trying to give them on a daily basis during our 40-day journeys. This brings us to the fourth type of soil. I call it the fruitful heart. The fruitful heart. Go back to Mark chapter 4, verse 8. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, they grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Skip down to verse 20. This one doesn't really need much explanation. It's pretty obvious. Jesus describes it in verse 20 and says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept. Accept, not just hear. They accept it. They accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. This is the goal. One of the things Jesus is teaching us in this parable is that the the soil test is a multiple choice test and there's only one right answer. There's only one right answer as it relates to the soil test and that is the fruitful heart, the fruitful soil. This is our goal as believers in Jesus, to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Now, how does the fruitful heart handle our 40-day journeys? Well, that's really easy. They don't just finish it. They flourish all throughout it. See, a, a fruitful heart, fruitful soil, doesn't just go through the paces. They are extrapolating the finest nutrients from each day's uh, devotional, and they are growing rapidly because of it. In whatever area of life they're doing the 40-day challenge, they're seeing consistent fruit being produced throughout those 40 days. They're not just finishing it to check a box. They're flourishing all throughout that journey. And this brings us to the really big question. Question number four. Why is growth such a big deal? Now, I'm going to give you two different answers to this question. One is from a corporate perspective, kingdom perspective. One is from an individual perspective. Corporately speaking, here's the reason why growth in the life of a believer is such a big deal. Because when a believer grows, it dramatically increases the chances that the kingdom of God grows as a result. When I grow as a believer, it raises the odds That God's kingdom grows because of my growth. And what is the most important growth as it relates to God's kingdom? Souls, right? So when I grow, the goal is that it would produce a harvest of souls for God's kingdom. Now, from an individual perspective, and this may seem a little bit straightforward and harsh, but there's a really important reason why growth is so important for you individually. One word, judgment. Judgment. Let me read it to you. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17 says, And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you. You, me. We're all a you. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him, God, during your time here as temporary residents on the earth. 
Now, I've taught on this before, so I'm not going to do a deep dive, but let me just remind you. In the end, there are two judgments. Every person who has ever lived will go through one of these two judgments. Revelation 20, and I don't have the time to read it, even though I told you to turn there. I'll just describe it to you. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment, and it's for every unbeliever. And, and Revelation 20 tells us that there's the book of life and then other books. Each of us has a book that records everything we do in life. And at the Great White Throne Judgment, an unbeliever, someone who doesn't believe in Jesus when they die, their name is not written in the book of life, and they are held accountable for every bad thing they did. Okay, So remember this. In hell, we're punished for our works. But in heaven, we're rewarded for our works. So great white throne judgment. Unbeliever, the, the first page of their book, so their name isn't in the Lamb's book of life, then in their book, first page, top of the page, sins. And all of the individual sins are listed out for every unbeliever and they are punished accordingly in hell for eternity. If you think that's bad news, let me give you the good news. There's another judgment that everybody can get in on. And if you're still, if you still have oxygen in your lungs and you don't know Jesus yet, you can make Jesus Lord of your life today and get in on this good judgment. The other judgment is for believers, and it's the judgment seat of Christ. Again, I've taught on this before, so we'll just keep it high level. We won't do a deep dive. But this is where Jesus judges the believer. Okay, so looks in the book of life, every believer's name, Scripture says, is written in the book of life. What happens when someone's name isn't in the, the Lamb's book of life? Sentenced to hell for eternity. Judgment seat of Christ, what happens when somebody's name is in the Lamb's book of life? They are sentenced to heaven in the presence of God for eternity. But remember, there's another book. Each of us have a book, and that's what we just read, 1 Peter 1.17, that we're all going to be judged or rewarded, not just judged, rewarded according to the good things we do. All right? So in heaven, we're rewarded for the good things we do. Now, why would I make your spiritual growth such a big deal? Because one day, when you stand before Jesus, I want you to hear him say these words. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And here's the great news. Remember, in the book, sins are the beginning. It's page one. And you, let's remember in the life of every believer, what their book says, first page, sins. Forgiven, 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 forgiven. All of that is washed away by the blood of Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you can get in on that. All the bad stuff you've done can be washed away forever. And then Jesus turns to the good stuff. All of the kingdom things we did throughout our lifetime. Listen, one of the reasons growth is one of our core convictions at this church is this reason right here. We want you to have much to celebrate on that day when you stand before Jesus. Years ago when I was a youth pastor, the first youth camp I ever did, 
uh, we, we had a small group, less than 40 kids, and we put together a bunch of games for teams to do. And I had a couple of boys who I just call at the time, they're they punks. Now, they've both gotten saved since then, but they, they just had sour attitudes. And we played all these games, and, and they were just too cool for school. Didn't play any of the games, didn't try, had horrible attitudes. And at the end of camp, we had incredible prizes. And I'll never forget the two boys who, who were the punks were so mad. Preston, why didn't you tell us that there were awards at the end of camp? We would have tried. And I gave the awards to those who had tried, who had done well during camp. Listen to me. I'm talking to every person, especially the believers. I don't want you to get to the end and you stand before Jesus and go, what? There are rewards? He rewards us for the good that we do while we're on the earth? I want you to know now so that you can be diligent about the ways in which you grow until God takes you up to heaven. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to speak to two different people during this time, nobody looking around, whether you're watching alone, whether you're watching with a group or a family. First person I want to speak to, if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus personally, you'd say, I, I want to know Jesus. I, I don't want to get to that day and I don't want all the bad stuff I've done. I don't want to be punished for that. I, I want to accept what Jesus did about my sin. And you'd say, hey, I I'm all in. I want to meet Jesus. I don't just want to get out of hell for eternity. I want to be with God forever. If that's you, it can happen right here, right now. If you'd say that, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm done doing it my way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I want you just to repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm done doing life my way. I'm ready to do things your way. I give my life to you, Jesus. I believe you are the son of God who came to this earth to die on a cross for me. I believe on the third day God raised you from the dead. And you conquered death for me so that I could spend eternity with you. Jesus, take over my life. It now belongs to you forever. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, the second type of person I want to speak to is the believer. I just want you to take a moment between you and the Lord right now and do a little soil assessment. Where is the soil of your life? Is it a little shallow right now? Hopping all over the place? Not going through God's process to dig down those deep roots? A little too excited in the beginning? Don't follow through? Ask the Holy Spirit right now, where's my soil? Where's my soil? Is it crowded? There are too many distractions. Just ask him right now. God, where is my soil? Lord, I pray right now over every believer watching this right now. I pray you'd speak to them as to where their soil is. 
God, you take growth seriously. And if there's anything getting in the way of incredible fruit production, God, I pray you'd make it obvious to them so that they could do something about it. They could remove those competing plants so that only the godly seed would flourish in their lives. Holy Spirit, reveal to each one of us where our soil is in this season of life so that we might improve it and prepare it for this next season of growth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, before we go, I just want to say, if you accepted Jesus into your life, I, I, I can't tell you how exciting this is. Way to go, you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I want to ask you to do one thing. Would you just text the name Jesus to the number 24587? All right, really simple. You'll get a response. If you don't have a Bible, we want to send you one. We want to help you in this process This is the biggest deal, whether you realize it or not, all of heaven is celebrating what you just did. And we want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. So if you just accepted Christ into your life, text Jesus to 24587. And then for everybody else, for those of you who call Gateway your home, those of you watching church online joining us, and you'd say, I'm all in. I want to be a part of the 40-day challenge. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Take the next, uh, the rest of today, And I want you to pray about the area God wants you to focus on. You can go to 40days.com, check out uh, the list of different 40-day journeys we have as options. I want you to take some time, pray, and I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit as to which journey you go on for the next 40 days. And then I want us all, as a body of believers, to go all in as it relates to our growth in these areas. All right? I believe God's going to do some really awesome big, exciting things in our lives and in our church over the next 40 days. So let's not commit to four days or 14 days. Let's commit to 40 days. Let's give it our all and let's see what God does in the soil of our lives as we commit to grow. I love you. I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.